Welcome to Healing Beyond Physical, a podcast, a sacred transmission from my heart. I am your host, Omokiram Patrawala, and I will be here every week by your side, guiding you and empowering you to get curious and bring compassion to your healing journey so that together you can heal beyond the physical and come home to your whole self. Welcome everyone. This is Amal, your host for Healing Beyond Physical, a podcast and a sacred transmission. And today I'm so excited to welcome a very special guest who is a colleague of mine and both of us met at the world of my baby at the womb, Milton. And um, in a moment, I'm going to introduce her, but I really invite you to sit with a journal and a pen and be part of this conversation because if you are someone who is moving through the journey of pain, uh, this conversation is truly, I hope, going to be one that's going to plant seeds of hope for you. And it's just going to leave you so much more curious to look for support and know that you're not alone and that no, we do not have to live with pain, um, feeling like we're stuck with this for the rest of the life, feeling like we have to numb it for the rest of our lives. There's so much more to this. So with that, without further ado, I am so excited to welcome Kelsey. Um, Kelsey is a registered physiotherapist and she specializes and practices in pelvic health physiotherapy. And like I mentioned, um, she practices at the Womb, the Milton, and the Woodstock location. So Kelsey is such a resource, and that's why I am so excited to have this conversation because she supports women just like you every day who are moving on this journey of pain. And I'm going to welcome her and have Kelsey introduce and unpack a little bit our conversation of healing beyond physical, healing beyond this physical symptom of pain as it relates to one that she most commonly sees in her practice with women. Um, so with that, I'm gonna pause, not give away all the wonderful secrets and let Kelsey unpack that piece. Well, first, thank you so much for having me, Amal. It's, um, I think it's a really important conversation to have and um, one that isn't being had enough for women, um, but something that a lot of women are dealing with. So I appreciate you kind of holding space for this conversation and, and putting it out to the world because it's very needed. Um, so yeah, today we kind of wanted to talk about um, pain. And I think the the phrase healing beyond physical is so relevant here because although pain has kind of often been described in a physical way, um, mm -hmm. we kind of conceptualize it as being physical or biomechanical in nature, meaning um, that, you know, you hit your elbow and your elbow hurts because that's where you hit. Mm -hmm. um, but pain is so, so much more complex than that. And we'll try and kind of deep dive briefly into kind of how pain actually works, mm -hmm. um, why it sometimes lasts longer for some people. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll get into a bit more specifics about 
specific types of pain. In this case, we'll talk about something called dyspareunia, um, which means pain with intercourse. So I think the first thing to discuss when we're talking about pain and the most important thing to understand in going along with the theme of it not being just a physical concept is that pain always comes from our brain 100% of the time. It doesn't mean that it's in your head and you're not making it up, Mm -hmm. Um, but pain is a construct of the brain. And how it works is that we get all of these inputs from our environment. Um, our, we have receptors in our body for pressure and we have receptors in our body for temperature and vibration. Mm-hmm. And our body and our receptors, um, say in our fingertips or our, mm-hmm. our legs or our arms, they, they feel these sensations and then our brain takes in that information from, from our environment. Mm-hmm. It decides how much of a threat is associated with what it's feeling Mm -hmm. and then gives us an output of pain if it deems it to be threatening enough. So in the example of if you put your hand on a hot stove, um, that is a very, very hot temperature. Mm -hmm. Our brain is interpreting that sensation that it's feeling and deciding, you know what, this is so hot that if you leave your hand here, it's going to burn to a crisp. So let's remove our hand. And in order to tell you to remove our hand, we're going to give you a pain output. So you know to do that. I love Um, that. Kelsey, I'm going to pause there because I think that was very, very important when you said like it's an output. Right. So what what I'm hearing from you then is that pain in that case, you know, when you said we place our hands on the burner and it's like, oh, my God, the brain is going to interpret that as like threat tiger. You know, we need to quickly alert this person. So what I'm hearing then is pain is a messenger. Mm -hmm. It's not the enemy. Right. It's, it's communicating with us. Right? There is a message. It's communicating. The brain, brain sending us a message through the pain mm-hmm. that we need to pay attention to something. Exactly. exactly. So I, I just want our listeners to t- take that in because pain can bring up so much for each of us. And on my own journey for the longest time, I did believe it to be the enemy. And all I could think of is, how do I get rid of this? However, in that very approach is where I got stuck. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to its message. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners, if you're t- listening to this, and this is sort of hitting home, just to take a moment. And if right now it feels like this is too much to take in, that pain could be a messenger and it's not my enemy, then just kind of write that down and sit with it because it can bring up a lot, especially for those folks who've been on a journey with pain, chronic pain for years. Mm -hmm. It it feels almost threatening for the nervous system to even acknowledge Mm -hmm. that there is a message here and it's not my enemy. Mm -hmm. So I do want to validate and acknowledge those folks who are listening who are on this journey of pain. So, all right, back to you, Kelsey. You know, I just really wanted to draw that out because that was such a game changer for me to understand that piece. Yes. And I think it is for a lot of people, but like you said, it's, it's sometimes empowering to learn that and sometimes Mm -hmm. almost scary to learn that because 
your whole concept of pain is turned upside on its head and you have to, you have to change the way that you are perceiving the threats that your, your brain is telling you. And so Mm -hmm. what can happen sometimes is, um, those, that threat response system, our brain, um, Mm -hmm. can either be dialed up or dialed down. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you think of an example of it being dialed up, it would be Mm -hmm. similar to, um, say you put your toast in the toaster, um, and your toast is burning. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of getting to a crisp, but actually your fire alarm goes off. So we know that there's no fire, um, but the fire alarm has become a little extra sensitive at detecting threat Mm -hmm. or detecting burning. Um, so the same thing can happen in our brains. The, The wires can get a little bit confused and a little bit crossed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when there's a perfect storm of things going on, then our brains become a little extra sensitive at detecting the threats in our environment. Mm -hmm. And so it will give us either an amplified pain response Mm -hmm. um, or potentially even a pain response that exists when there's no actual threat at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's so many cool examples of this in the literature, but one that comes to mind is um, there was a man who stepped on a board with a nail in it and Mm -hmm. he put his foot through the nail and he was in so much pain. He went to the hospital, the emergency room, they looked at it. And when they took his shoe off, they realized that the nail had actually gone between his toes and not into his flesh. Mm. Um, So it shows us that our brain can really um, Mm -hmm. take the the environment that it's seeing and hearing and feeling and perceiving and deciding whether or not to give a pain output based on the threats that are there, Um, which I just find such a fascinating example that our brains can really do anything. They can change for the good or for the bad to to give any sort of output that we need. That I love, I love that example, Kelsey, because I think it's highlighting two things. One is, like you said, it's like, oh, nail, you know, person sees that, they step, and immediately because we believe that it's gone in, mm-hmm. right? And then the brain is like, oh, yes, right? Because the brain is just kind of taking information. And we know that our minds can't always tell the difference whether there's a real tiger or not. But because we believe it to be true, pain output for that individual is going to be very real that's what i want to validate and acknowledge Mm -hmm. that i think that's where people feel not validated because it's like is it in my head and it's like no no yeah you are feeling the full-on pain as if it went into your foot even though in that man's case it wasn't yeah his but his experience was that so for our listeners to really take that in that we hear you like what you're feeling is real mm-hmm. but you're feeling that pain is real and i think Kel- kelsey if we can kind of um relate it to this example of you know pain during sex i wonder that when women come in then they are thinking because again pain's not safe it's like is there something broken in me something not working properly right like immediately our mind goes to something's broken here mm-hmm. yes and so there's pain think- they, we automatically go to the physical, right? Because mm. that's all we've learned. Yeah. Um, we learn kind of that, that model growing up of that pain is always physical and it's not the case. So yeah, if we relate it back to 
dyspareunia or painful intercourse. This is something that a ton of women deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that is very fixable or very improvable, um, but it, it maybe is taking a different approach to it um, in that maybe it's not because your pelvis is too small. Maybe it's not because your cervix is too low or your vaginal canal is too short. Um, It's not just the, the input of that that's causing the pain. There's so many other things at play. So one that I commonly see um, would be something that maybe started after childbirth. Um, So childbirth, oftentimes um, there's either trauma to the muscles in the pelvic floor as the baby's exiting your body. So you might tear when your baby's being delivered, or even if you don't tear, your muscles go through a pretty massive stretch and a pretty painful stretch for the most part. So afterwards, our brains will remember that trauma. They'll remember, you know, hey, last time, last time something passed through this area, there was physical damage to my body. And so our brains can kind of hold on to that memory and, mm-hmm. and want to be a little extra protective of, of us um, next time we try to have something pass through that area. So those imprints are there and the body kind of keeps score of those things and remembers them and continues to warn us about it. So maybe six weeks after your um, or longer after your baby has been delivered, you and your partner go to have a uh, penetrative intercourse, if that's what you're engaging in. And your, your brain is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. Last time something came through here, it tore my muscle. So I'm going to alert you to this just so you know, like something bad could happen here and we might get a pain response. And it's something that's super common postpartum. Mm. I think that a lot of people assume it's from their scar tissue um, Mm. or from the physical injury that's causing the pain, but it is our brains alerting us to that potential threat. It's not necessarily a real threat. It's just a potential threat. And so what we need to do when we're returning to that postpartum is show a sense of safety, um, give, give our brains a sense of safety. So it backs off those barking dogs Mm -hmm. that are warning you about the pain. They'll kind of retreat a little bit once we show our brains that it's safe. And there's lots of ways that we would do that as physio pelvic health physiotherapists, we might, um, gradually expose you to greater and greater inputs. So maybe just starting with touch on the outside um, or, you know, good inputs like gentle, feel good inputs that you can do yourself. Um, And then slowly working your way up to the goal, which in some cases might be penetrative intercourse. Um, So that might be one way that we kind of gradually um, show a sense of safety for the brain that we can return to that without without pain again Hmm. that's I think that's uh, for our listeners that's going to be so empowering to hear that and also in ways uh, feel validated and acknowledged Um, you know for those of us who have given birth I think we can all relate to that and you know for me it's like I wish I had known that because I remember my first birth I mean, I was just so excited that I was able to give birth and I had a baby that I kind of did not really pay attention to what, you know, the, sort of what had happened and my baby was vacuumed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the amount of healing and the pelvic health <laughs> challenges that came after were tremendous. Yeah. And in that moment, 
I, you know, there wasn't even time to fully process what had just happened. And a lot of that work happened later in learning that I need to build safety back here mm -hmm. because so much has happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the knowing that the body keeps score mm -hmm. just because I forgot about it. <laughs> that doesn't mean, it. yeah. And, and sometimes clients are like, oh, I don't even remember. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you don't even, in fact, that is a protective mechanism. You won't remember that because that's yeah. too much to remember. Yeah. However, the body does remember. Mm -hmm. And that's why every time there is an approach of anything in that area, mm -hmm. it's like the amygdala is like, you know, mm -hmm. -na 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 -na, alarms, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, and then we can see that in that case, pain is not because there was anything broken in there or because, you know, that's where my mind also wanted to go. It's like immediately you're like, well, something must not be working right. Like they did, they stitched me up wrong. <laughs> you know, all the narratives. You're like, that daily. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like yeah. immediately I'm like, yep, they made a mistake. Yeah. They stitched me up wrong. They messed it up. Um, rather kind of get curious, you know, see a pelvic health physio therapist who who is truly trained in holding space in this area and who is trained, like you said, what I loved, Kelsey, is that your, the approach is not to go at it, mm -hmm. right? Because our minds are like, I must really like push this, mm -hmm. push this. Yeah. Even the mental attitude is like push. Yeah, it power through. Result, right? Like yeah. just suck it up, deal with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's so counterintuitive because when you described the approach, it was all about, to me, that's a compassionate approach. It is about relating and understanding where is this coming from? Now, how do I create safety? And for, in order for the body to feel safe, we need to be tender and gentle mm -hmm. and listening and narrating mm -hmm. and communicating, mm -hmm. which I feel in many ways can be new skills for a lot of our listeners. I didn't know that um, until my own journey unraveled. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's so empowering to see it in a different way, um, especially as women, to really give ourselves that time mm -hmm. and space and that love, loving touch, that gentle touch. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the pushing through or the powering through not only isn't helping, but it actually could be more harmful because it's just continuing to promote a sense of and not having safety or yeah. um, if we're continuing to have pain with each experience and threat with each experience, then there's no way that our brain is going to suddenly decide, oh yeah, we're, we're safe now. This is fine. Right. So we, we actually might be creating or per perpetuating the problem a little bit more if we're just mm -hmm. not listening to those signals and continuing to just push, push through and continuing to feel pain and continuing to reinforce that lack of safety. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is really, really important uh, because there is a mindset piece and a belief system underneath this work also that shows up. And again, that's why this healing is, is so fascinating because we're really kind of unlearning some of those uh, perspectives that we may have taken on that are relevant in certain areas of our life, right? Like if you're going to the gym, if you're Building muscle, yes, you push through quite often. However, yeah. in this case, the intention is different. Mm -hmm. and, and, and to allow for both to coexist. Mm -hmm. And it's not, um, it's not even just 
postpartum um, returning yes. to intercourse that can be painful yeah. for people. Um, a lot of people that I see experience pain who haven't had babies, mm. um, whether that is from the first time they try to insert a tampon, it's painful. Mm. Um, right. Or, you know, I see people who have pain with intercourse because they have a condition such as vulvodynia mm-hmm. um, or vestibulodynia, which I can explain, um, vaginismus. A lot of um, a lot of those conditions, um, particularly the vulvodynia and vestibulodynia, mm-hmm. is actually when um, we have pain in the vulva or the vulvar vestibule, so that area just um, inside the inner labia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can have that pain output in the absence of any threat. It mm-hmm. might not have started with something like a tear or something mm-hmm. like a vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. It could have started with um, anything. It could have started with a hormonal shift, um, a traumatic experience, mm-hmm. particularly related to that area of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have started, I had one patient who it started with a dream she had that she had, um, painful intercourse. And then from then on, she, so our brains are so powerful. So it's, powerful. it's, um, it's quite something and, and similar approaches would apply in terms of mm-hmm. how we would um, want to respond to that and how we mm-hmm. want to heal it. We definitely don't want to just power through and just keep poking the bear. We want to kind of create that s- sense of safety and gradually um, expose mm-hmm. ourselves to increased amounts of um, uh, steps, I guess, in order to reach our goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think that, um, thank you for mentioning that, Kelsey, because for those listeners who have not given birth, and still might be having pain, painful intercourse, it's important to feel acknowledged and validated in your example of a client kind of having a dream about it. And then that becomes, you know, so real. That's the power of our minds. Like our minds are that powerful. And I know that for some folks who are listening right now, you might, it might almost kind of scare you because you might feel like, oh my goodness, really? However, I always say, if with that knowing, use that to empower yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we always have a choice. We can get stuck mm-hmm. or we can say, how do I empower myself with this knowledge? Because then that means there is hope. I don't have to live with this pain. Mm-hmm. And there might be things I can do. And that's when working with someone who can hold space for you and who also is has that awareness and that understanding of how to move forward is important. You know, um, getting that support and then you're still doing the work yourself. I I do wanna say that it's not like you can come to Kelsey and say, here, do this for me. You know, (laughs) Kelsey is holding space, guiding you and you know, with her training, giving you the steps. And then you are still taking those micro steps of like, okay, when you said like, gentle touch, you know, just like that gradation of like slowly and gently creating safety. There is still that accountability that we take for ourselves. So I do want to say that, that there is, and that's where the empowerment comes from. Mm-hmm. Well, and in, in previous podcasts that you've been, you've led, um, you've talked about the fear component, mm-hmm. um, and how that can play into our healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we are afraid, um, 
of painful intercourse or when we've had that experience before and we've become fearful of it, that can further amplify our protective system in our body. Mm-hmm. Not only our protective system, but also will create more muscle tension, which mm-hmm. can create more problems as well. So um, I think it's very important when I meet a client for the first time mm-hmm. that I am considering, I'm listening to their story and considering all aspects that are mm-hmm. potentially contributing and then, you know, developing a team um, that will help with the healing. And it's not just solely me who's helpful, right? So most of my clients who experience this, I send to Amal <laughs> um, because she's fantastic at um, working with the heart-centered healing, with um, the healing trauma, with bringing the nervous system out of that fight or flight protective response and getting into that more relaxed state that can promote healing. I also might send my clients who have a fear to a counselor of some sort to work through the emotions around pain, which can further amplify or turn up, dial up that, that pain output. Um, we have to, we have to listen to our our people in front of us and hear what Mm -hmm. their specific story is and then curate a team that will be appropriate for them um, in their healing. And that's why the womb is so fantastic because of that team team approach. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it does take a village to hold space for us in our healing journey. And, And then knowing that as the village holds space for you, you're taking those steps and knowing that you're being guided as you do it. You know, you don't have to guess, you don't have to Google or wonder, right? There are, there's a, there are sort of knowledge holders and wisdom holders who are gently holding your hand and walking alongside with you, which is, I, I think, so powerful and has helped me in my own healing journey get more curious about, oh, what else? You know, what else is here that I, those are my blind spots. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I couldn't possibly know it all myself. <laughs> couldn't no. possibly. No, um, no. And we don't need to put that kind of pressure on ourselves because, you know, if anything, we want to feel held, feel supported, and then move through this journey, especially with pain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Kelsey, I'm so grateful that we've had this conversation. Um, and I also want to acknowledge that, you know, when you talked about fear, Truly for me, um, you know, overall, when I look at healing, that shift coming out of those survival states of fear into states of love, compassion, curiosity is where the healing starts. Because even when you spoke about your approach, it was gentle, you know, we're like gently kind of connecting with the body again. And that, to me, we're shifting now from fear into curiosity and compassion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that can start so small, too. Like, that could be as simple as tomorrow taking out a mirror and just looking at those body parts and not having negative thoughts when Mm -hmm. looking at them. Something Mm -hmm. as simple as that could be an easy step towards, yeah, compassion, like you said. Towards compassion. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. And I'm going to repeat that because what Kelsey just shared is, I mean, that can be a whole different conversation. However, I want to, you know, just pause here and say, you know, if you're wondering, how do I develop this relationship with my body, um, especially if you're someone who is experiencing pain as it relates to sex or in any of your areas of your body where it relates to your sexuality, 
-hmm. I feel that a very simple place is just that. It's just even getting curious with the mirror and looking at this part of ourselves, which I feel culturally was like a big taboo, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like everything in me is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, this is external programming. This is a part of me. How can I start relating to it differently? You know, and to just sit with what even shows up and then get the support, right? Like if you need to see a counselor when you're like, oh my God, like there is such a resistance to even holding a mirror up there mm -hmm. and seek the support because mm -hmm. you don't have to do this alone. However, it will put you on a path of progressing, mm -hmm. creating a deeper relationship and empowerment. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. So this has been such a wonderful conversation. We're going to wrap it up for our listeners and perhaps Kelsey will have to kind of, there were many things that you said that I would love to have unpacked more. I'm going to pause. No, it's um, so hard to stop there. <laughs> um, however, that being said, I do feel like a lot of the information that you shared is going to um, help our listeners get more curious and start recognizing i think the biggest takeaway if anyone's listening if all you took away today was okay and what i'm feeling is real the pain and that doesn't mean that there's something broken in here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that actually there is something that i can do here and i don't have to live with this for the rest of my life and numb it with a tylenol <laughs> then yay mm -hmm. And That's if your brain can learn this pain response, it can unlearn it too. Exactly. Exactly. The same body that creates is the same body that can also heal, right? It works both ways. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for saying that. I think that is a great way to close conversation, Kelsey. So if the brain can create this pain, then there are ways to also communicate and turn down those signals and those responses and create safety. Yes. So um, I love this. And I know the listeners who are listening, Kelsey, you probably have them so curious. And I do want them to know, please know that Kelsey practices, if you're local, then, you know, you can reach out to her either through her practice at the womb at Woodstock or Milton in Ontario, that's in Ontario, Canada, and or uh, Kelsey is also on social media. So feel free to reach out there, say hello, follow her because she puts out really informative content as well. So just ways to kind of surround ourselves with those who are empowering us on our healing journeys is really important, really important. We're a product of who we surround ourselves with. And that applies even in social media. So give her a follow and connect and um yeah connect with us on um, through the podcast let us know what questions you have what further conversations would you like kelsey and myself to have uh, you know these are these are ways that we can keep coming back and empowering you so thank you to our listeners and thank you so much kelsey for thank you so much for having me it's been such a treat to talk to you <laughs> it has been and these these minutes just flew by as always yeah. <laughs> I knew they would. <laughs> so much to say and so much to unpack. And um, no, this was such a valuable conversation, Kelsey. It's going to bring so much hope to our listeners. And yeah, I'm grateful for you being here. Thank you. <laughs> 
lots of love to you and lots of love to our listeners. Um, have a wonderful rest of your days. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. And if you found this empowering, then please do take a moment and share this episode with your friends and family. And also do consider leaving a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Here's to us each healing and coming back home to ourselves.